This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. In the political climate we find ourselves in, it's easy to want to rebel against authority. We don't always agree with the decisions that our local government makes, our state government, and even the president of the United States. Today, Pastor Josh Harriman and Pastor Ryan Bibb continue talking more in our Politics and Faith series. This series is meant to equip you to behave biblically, to be like Jesus in the midst of this political climate. Today, Josh and Ryan talk a little bit more about what it means to live in submission to government. Here's Josh and Ryan. Well, good morning and welcome back to Radiant Reflections. This is part two in our Faith and Politics series. Uh, We kicked this off last week and that was great fun. I know we've had some people watching it on YouTube. I haven't looked at the stats on who's been listening, but uh, yeah, Uh, this is the next installment. We are calling this one Give to Caesar. We're going to be talking about what our posture as followers of Jesus should be towards government. We're going to dig into some scripture here. We're going to, if you're watching the video, bear with me. I've got like stuff all over. I've got books. I've got my computer. Um, Yeah, this is a a complex thing, so I I didn't want to not have resources um, today. So if you're watching the video and I look like uh, a bookshelf vomited on me, uh, that's why. So also, if you watched episode uh, 37 and and you noticed our outfits are similar. I, w- I would like to draw attention to the fact that I put my hat backwards just to mix it up. Also, because I think you know, were talking about government with my hat backwards and my beard, I think I look like I could be a dictator in some Eastern European country. Well, then... So- <laughs> <laughs> so why are we doing that? Well, just because it ties into the idea of government. I think okay. this way, this way, like, I don't look like a dictator. You look more sophisticated that way, though. This way I do, or with it backwards? That way. Normal. Oh. You look normal. You look normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do look normal with it forward, but you look more sophisticated forward. You're right. You absolutely, you have a winter hat that you wear, and when you let your beard get big, you look like a like I, almost oh, like a Fidel Castro. Okay, so, almost. So this was actually we're gonna, he, oh, we're getting way off track here. So JB, Pastor JB, he hooked me up with the sweetest green, like military style hat. And I had my beard like it's got like the little ear flaps. Oh, it's so cozy and warm in the winter. Um I <laughs> I put that on. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh my goodness, I look like Fidel Castro. Mm-hmm. But then I then I, I was very disappointed with a, a some of our high school students at the time, because I put that on, I looked at them and I was like, I was like, which dictator am I? And they were like, Hitler. I'm like, what? What? Oh my goodness. I was, I was disappointed in the uh, education system in America. Uh, there. So give to that. Caesar. <laughs> give to Caesar. Uh, I want to read. Hold on. You haven't even introduced me yet. I, did I introduce me? Yeah. I don't think I even introduced me. I'm just saying. It's probably because I threw you off last episode. I took the introduction. I know, which you did a really good job. Thanks. I seriously really practiced good. it this morning. That's good. I That's was good. Nervous. Apparently, I need to practice because I'm, I'm forgetting to introduce us. My name is Josh Harrow, uh, one of the pastors here at Radiant Life, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Pastor Ryan Bibb, yeah, who hi. was going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, everyone. Glad you're tuning in. 
Don't forget, we got disclaimers again to give. Yeah, this, well, like so. very briefly though. Yeah, um, yeah we don't I mean, have to take If you want like a time. ten minute disclaimer, go listen to the last political episode. Yeah. Um, but this is something where we just want to say, as we dig into politics, we're not political science majors. We're not uh, gurus in government. We're a couple of pastors trying to help people follow Jesus uh, when it comes to their faith. So yeah, the and and, and it, yeah, if you disagree, which we welcome disagreement, and that's awesome. Just realize that. Um, we're not professionals, like Josh, you said. We're, we're followers of Jesus trying to understand. I think there's messiness with faith in politics, and what does it look like? So if you disagree, let's disagree in love, but um, let's still make Jesus the most famous thing here on earth and not make our disagreement in slight politics or the way we view politics a major thing. It's just a little disagreement. But hey, let's still follow Jesus well. Okay. So I'm going to start by reading a, uh, a section out of Mark. This is the Gospel of Mark in our, in our Newer Testament uh, in chapter 12. It says this, Later, the leaders sent some Pharisees and supporters of Herod to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You are impartial and don't play favorites. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or shouldn't we? Jesus saw through their hypocrisy and said, Why are you trying to trap me? Show me a Roman coin and I'll tell you. When they handed it to him, he asked, Whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, Jesus said, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. His reply completely amazed them. Ryan, unpack for us this altercation between Jesus, the Pharisees, and the Herodians here in Mark 12. What does Jesus mean when he tells his fellow Jews to give to Caesar what is Caesar's? So this is actually one of the, the first times you... First of all, the Pharisees and Herodians were people that did not like one another to begin with. So now all of a sudden you have them collaborating together, which you don't see in Scripture, right? And this is, I mean, this is because, I mean, Herod was a puppet king yes, of the Roman of government. Of the Roman government, yeah. yeah. Um, so you have these two people groups that don't like each other, but coming together to trap Jesus. Now there's, real quick, I'll answer your question, but we got to understand what's right above that whole thing that you just read. And um, I'm going to read it, it Mark 12, 12. It says, Now the chief priests, religious scholars, and leaders realized that Jesus' parable was aimed at them. They had hoped to arrest him then and there, but they feared the reaction of the crowd, so they left him alone and went away. So what are they trying to do? We understand they're coming together. Two people groups that don't like each other are actually coming together with the whole goal of, we need to trap this Jesus so we have proof to arrest him. Right? So they're trying to trip up Jesus because if Jesus answers, um, if Jesus answers them with, we need to give everything to Caesar, and that's it, then they'll trap him and say, hey, you, have, you are actually not one of us. You, well, I'm, I'm missing well, he would, the word. he would lose What's, credibility with the, with the Jewish population at large. Yeah, they would. If he I, came I'm, out in full support of the Roman government. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember the word. I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank on the word that I'm look, looking for right now. Um, but then they would trap him on that. And, um, but if Jesus came and said, only give to God what is God's, they had him trapped because now I have Herodians here. He says, ha, you are anti-Caesar or whatever. Now we, you may be a traitor, if you will. We have, we have a trapping thing. We got you. We got you. That's, so, that's what they're just trying to trap Jesus. 
And so yet Jesus responds, give to Caesars what is Caesars, give to God's what is God's. What does that look like? Yeah, it is, right? There's many ta- taxes that the Roman government had on the ancient world in the time of Jesus. You had a poll tax, you had an imperial tax, you had um, a travel tax, you had taxes everywhere. And what does Jesus do in the moment? Let me see your coin. Now I realize this coin also said, Caesar, son of God, or divine, um, realized, but he sat there and got, grabbed that denarius and looked at it and said, okay, give this coin to Caesar. Taxing. It was all about taxation. That's how the Roman government thrived in the ancient world was through taxation, and they taxed you out the wazoo. We right. think our taxation's bad. <laughs> the Roman government knocks the socks off of the U.S. government as far as taxes. And they, they didn't become the empire that they did without any sort of right. uh, uh, capital. Yeah. Right, and they gained capital through taxation. And yet, in that moment, Jesus is saying, give to Caesars what Caesars. Give the tax to what Caesars taxing. But at the same time, you're made in the image of God. We are not going to bow to the image on this coin that um, Caesar is the son of the divine. We are, you are an image bearer of your creator, so give to God what is God's. I, we will pay the taxes to the Roman government, but we will give our lives to God. That was the distinction in that moment that Jesus is telling, and it knocked their socks off, right? They're like, wait, what? First of all, again, why were they amazed? Because they're trying to trap him and Jesus blew him out of the waters. And they're like, okay, you're actually saying pay for this oppressive government? Yes. But he's saying, don't give your life to them. Give your life to God. Give God's what is God's. Is this where you get that cool quote in there? No, well, okay. which, which quote are you looking at? Because I have the, the, one, uh, the one longer one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push that back a little bit. Okay, okay. Into one of the other questions. Okay. Um, Okay, I mean, so you hit on this a little bit, but like dig in a, a little bit more, you know, so sort of the first century Jewish audience that Jesus had, when he says, give to God what is God's, you say, oh, like give God your life. But, but what does that mean? Like what would that have meant to them? A full surrender. It's a full surrender to him. I mean, that's a simple... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> What, Sorry, I got branded over there? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a full surrender, right? Because if you went full surrender into the Roman government, what does that look like? Well, it's extremely pagan. It's um, sexualized. It, it's horrible. I, I mean, the Roman government thrived on paganism in horrible things. And I say thrived, I meant in a worldly sense, by the way, because I don't mean thrive, because I think thrive is a, actually more of a God-conscious word than we realize. But I mean in a worldly sense, thrive, where it seemed successful, but it was highly pagan. So you had to surrender, you had to bow to Caesar, you did all that, you got involved in their pagan worship, you, you did all that. But all in this moment, Jesus is literally just saying, that, yes, there is a taxation. This government, by the way, I can't say it enough, oppressive government. The one that crucifies people, right? And again, the Roman government did not create crucifixion. They mastered crucifixion. They perfected the art of crucifixion. Horrible government. And yet Jesus still in the same breath is saying, we are to give them their money 
But this life is bigger than that. This life is the life that you're living is full surrendered to God. And that's what he's, Jesus is calling them to do. Okay, I do want to use that quote now then. Wow. You, you set, you set was, that up. I was. Because <laughs> it, it's so really good. Well. <laughs> so I, I want to read a quote. This is from, uh, and I referenced this book last week. Mark Deaver wrote the book, God and Politics. If you're watching the video, I'm holding it up right here in front of my face. Uh, super short read. Uh, I cannot encourage you enough. We're not going to be able to unpack everything that he gets into. Uh, really short read, but pretty powerful. And I want to share one quote that he has in there. He says this, If Christians can support Rome, what government can they not support? This is the government that killed Jesus and almost all the apostles. And here Jesus is telling them, pay for it. Pay that tax that is going to pay the salary of the very men who are about to drive the nails into my hands. Jesus' affirmation of paying taxes to the Roman government does show that even a pagan state is a legitimate state. You're going to bust my chops for the way I said pagan, aren't Why? you? Why? <laughs> did you see my head <laughs> <I> jerk <did. laughs> up? How did you say it? The way that pagan? it is supposed to be. Pagan. <laughs> yeah, a little, no. little behind the scenes here. Uh, uh, I get harassed for the way I say a Not lot of words. Not just you. There's other staff members uh, that fumble words. Apparently, way up north in Burnips. <laughs> where I used to live, we must have accents because uh, I pronounce a lot of things differently than uh, the Sturgis locals. But that's uh, uh, yeah. that quote was very eye-opening, right? Because we don't realize, we can read that Mark 12 verse and realize, hey, Jesus is saying, hey, yeah, hand over the money to Caesar. Like, that's the taxation. Jesus isn't saying avoid taxes. He's saying pay the tax. But we don't ever put that taxation into realizing, wow, that taxation paid the salary of the Roman soldiers who eventually drove the nails through his hands and his feet and brutally beat him. And yet Jesus is telling everyone that's right there, pay for that. I mean, that, that, and I, I wrestle with the end quote. I, 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 you remember, the disclaimer is we're trying to figure this out ourselves. And I do wrestle with this, the, the last part of that quote. And it says this, quote, Jesus's affirmation of paying taxes to the Roman government does show that even a pagan state <laughs> is a legitimate state, end quote. Like, I wrestle with that in my heart and just in my mind and understanding that the Roman government was extremely pagan, extremely pagan, oppressive, horrible. And yet at the same time, Jesus still says, give them their money. And I, I, I wrestle with that. That's all I want to say. I wrestle with that. So if you're watching and listening, you can wrestle with it too. Wrestle it with me. Um, it, it doesn't settle well, honestly, in my soul. It's not that I'm against that quote, because I, 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 I believe it, but it's unsettling to me. Mm. And so that's what I'm wrestling with. It's a beautiful quote, but it's unsettling in my spirit at the same time. Okay. That's well, all. Well, as you wrestle, <laughs> catapult us into the 21st century. And, and I'm going to try, you know, if you listen to the last episode, <laughs> I'm going to try not to make this a bipolar question. What does it mean for us? In the year 2020, to give to Caesar what is Caesar? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. <laughs> that's why it's on here. 
So this is probably out of my flesh I'm saying this. Um, because I'm still, I'm wrestling with all this. I'm trying to understand. I want to, maybe here, here's what I want to say. And I, I promise I'll probably answer your question. And I want you to answer your question too. Is what I'm wrestling with is I feel like where we are in 21st century that we put that our power and peace will come from government. And that is not the case. Our power and peace comes from Jesus Christ. And I'm fearful that too many followers of Jesus are putting too much power and peace into the government. And we're going to dig into that that, quite a bit more in in the next episode. Oh, okay. I won't go too far. That's just what I'm wrestling with. I think that's a lot of what this podcast is bringing to light is this idea that we want to sell every, our hope is in government and I, man, the way we promote, I, I just, I don't know. As you can see, I'm stumbling and I'm, because I'm processing. I'm, I'm, I, when, when you sent me these questions, I was, I was still processing and I come and I still don't have full answers for this. It, it, it's a struggle. It's, what does it look like for us as followers of Jesus in 21st century to give Caesar what it's Caesar's? Is it bow down to everything the government says? I, 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 I don't, I'm going to say no. I, I don't know. I think it's, I think if the government asks for tax and we pay our tax, if the government asks us to do thing, I think there is, they're in authority. I think we ought to respect authority. There may be times of disagreement, but I think that again, God can still use a pagan government as a legitimate government because Jesus sitting there telling a pagan government, we're going to pay for this thing, pay for it. So yeah, and then I'm going to get fired up about some issues because I think this is a little more rich and a little more real facing a pandemic and what we were doing and so polarizing within the church and within uh, Christ followers. It's so polarizing, but I think we put, it's going to lead to the next episode. I'm sorry. I think well, we, we said we, we would said dabble. there'd be overlap. We said there'd be we're overlap. about self and not others. And we're wrong with that. And I, and I say that lovingly. We're called to die to ourself. We are called to follow Jesus and serve others. And I think our, our position on government can always be more self-focused than other-focused or God-focused. And I said it in the last Faith in Politics. I personally, and not, not everyone agrees with this statement, and I, I still love you. I personally, I will pay the higher taxes if it means a better school. It will bless my community, the community I live in more. If it's going to benefit my neighbor, I'm going to, I will pay more. I will if it will bless you. Um, do I always say that? No, <laughs> you know, because I can be selfish at times too. But I think we have tied selfishness into government far too often. Where, hey, if, I'm going to go to your next question. If Governor Whitmer asks us to do something, yeah, I may hate what she's asking, I may totally agree what she's asking, but I think out of respect, hey, I don't fully understand it, but I think it's the respectful thing to do. That's all I want to say there. Okay. So I want to, I want to dig into a few other scriptures that tie into this idea of, of our posture okay. towards government, right? Because I mean, you have Jesus here saying, hey, uh, our posture towards government is one of, in a sense, respect, right? Honor what they're asking you to do. Pay the taxes, even though this is an oppressive force, but this isn't without precedent. You go back into the book of Jeremiah, right? Jeremiah is, is, a, is a prophet in the Old Testament, 
Right, and and he he is writing around the time of the exile, right, where where the nation of Israel has been dragged into captivity by the Babylonians. And in uh, Jeremiah twenty nine, uh, we see that uh, Jeremiah is writing a letter to the elders, the priests, the prophets, and he says this in Jeremiah uh, twenty nine. Um, I'm gonna, I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll start at verse four. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, by the way. Uh, the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem, build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away, and work this is this I want to focus in on this and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Mm-hmm. You have two cases. You have Jesus and you have Jeremiah, where where God's people are being oppressed. In Jesus' time, they're under the oppression of the Roman rule. And Jesus is saying, Hey, pay them, pay the taxes. In Jeremiah's time, the people are dragged away from their homes and, and they are captives in Babylon. And Jeremiah is writing to the people there saying, uh, actually, work work to make this space you're in better. Don't, don't sit there. And he, you know, I would, honestly, me in the flesh, I'd be writing letters like, hey, try to find every way you can to you know, undermine these people. Uh, try to escape. Try to tear down their, you know, you know, their systems. Uh, because they dragged you into captivity, uh, don't play nice. But yeah. Jeremiah is saying, no, seek the prosperity of the city. Seek the welfare of the city, because if it prospers, you prosper. That is a good thing. And that's where uh, Mark Deaver, I'll bounce back. He has another line in, in, in this book. Uh, you know, he says, almost any government is better than anarchy. Right? So you, so you, have, you have Jesus saying, no, hey, look, the Roman government, is it perfect? No. Uh, but But... There are actually probably a lot of good things that they do. Is the Babylonian government great? No, we talked about that last week. They were not known for their kindness and compassion to the people around them. No, and you think, uh, it, let me, I'm going to jump in because that's what dawned on me and I just looked it up. Like, think of Daniel. Daniel exiled to Babylon during the Babylonian Empire. And what did Daniel do? My, the greatest to me, the, one, the, the greatest leadership lesson right there. He so distinguished himself that even those that the governors, the satires looked at, those ruling and said, hey, we, there's something about you. Now, Daniel could have made a fuss of everything that the Babylonians were doing. I mean, don't get me wrong. He stood on some truth and did some things, too, in and there the midst was, of the evil, right? He yeah, did. yeah. And there, there, you know, we can, we'll dig into him, too. If we, we'll talk here in a few minutes about civil disobedience. Yeah. I mean, because Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like, right. they, in different ways, all exercised civil disobedience. And they did. They still did that, but at the same time, they weren't, I, I'm going to say this, I don't think they were rude and arrogant about it because at the same time, Daniel so distinguished him himself that they recognized there's something special about this guy that we're going we're gonna to actually give him more authority here. An outsider, a guy that we know worships God that, and we don't worship the same God. He's one of ours. We're, we're going to promote him. So yeah, there's, uh, man, there's just, there's so much richness and goodness that we all can learn um, 
about faith and politics and what does it look like? And it, again, it, it can be messy. We're going to journey together. I just want to make sure we represent Jesus well in all of it. And sometimes, as humans, we're going to make a mistake and we don't see it, or we get tripped up and say, hey, yeah, I made my political candidate more famous than Jesus. And, but we'll learn. We'll grow. I'm just going to keep saying that because I really feel. Okay. I want to, unless you have more that you want to add, I want to jump into another passage of scripture here. Okay. Romans 13. Uh, we got into this a little bit last week. I want to read through um, Romans 13. I'm going to read one through seven where it says this. Everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. We talked about that last week. Again, that ultimately these authorities should reflect God's authority. However, we're broken human beings uh, and we don't always do this well, yet we will, be st- we will still be held accountable for that. So anyone, verse two, so anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished Uh, they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes too. There's taxes again for, for these same reasons. For government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Anything you want to say there? Otherwise, I'll just kind of, I'll jump into the, the next passage. Okay. First uh, Peter chapter 2. Flip into it. I should have marked these out beforehand. First Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17 says this. <clears throat> For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king is head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves, so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. So here, too, you have a little bit of that uh, both sides of the coin because he's talking about our our relationship in regards to authorities, but he also ties in God. Like, he he ties all of it. They're they're connected. Um, And then finally, well, now, actually, let's pause there. <clears throat> Let's pause there. Did you have any thoughts you want to throw out? Otherwise, uh, I, I... I think there's just a running theme. Respect authority. Pay taxes and, and whatever the duty of those in authority, that there's a duty. Um, that's a running theme. And, and, well, and a lot of that you can actually boil down to the theme of submission, right? Which we really yes. don't like that idea. But 
if you read through the book of Ephesians, submission is is woven into the character of who we are called to be as Christ followers. Yep. There's this there's this mutual submission. Paul talks about it in marriage. He talks about uh, parent-child relationships. He talks, and this gets people angry, right? But uh, understand cultural differences. Uh, he talks about uh, slaves and masters and, and kind of the the relationship and how that should look. Um, so submission is definitely a theme. Mm-hmm. But... Much has been made, and probably rightly so, right? You know, in, in recent years, about the perception that many of our current politicians are corrupt. You know, I mean, whether it's, oh, you guys took money from this country or officials in this country or your kids took money from these people and da 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 da, da. You know, and there's all this digging into corruption. Does the corruption of an official negate the call of Jesus, Paul, and Peter to submit to those authorities. How do we navigate that as, as followers of Jesus? You scratch your head. <laughs> I don't think it negates. I, t- I said last time we live in a fallen, broken world, and they're in authority, they're in power, there's brokenness there in their own lives. Um, but no matter what, I'm going to stand on biblical truth, and it still says I am to submit whether I like it or not. Yes, they are. God. First of all, I, I, would, I would distinguish some things, though. Like, are you flat out, as a, as, as a politician in this moment, as, as a governor, as a ruling authority, are you a Christ follower with a ton of corruption? Different story. Because we're to high, hold you as a believer to a higher standard. Different story. I, I, and it's, let, me, let me say this. It's hard to really know where some... Honest politicians stand in their faith. Be- Honest politician, isn't that an oxymoron? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to know where they are because I feel like every politician will claim God. Most. Uh, most actually, not most. in recent times. We actually had like the first openly atheistic uh, politician. I'm trying okay. to remember. I think just within I did, the last I did. Okay, several I years. I did not ago. know that. But some, I mean... And, and then, I, of course, my ears, though, I'm always looking, I'm, I'm my ears staring, whether it's um, a, a, a debate or whatever, I'm, I'm, my ears are in tune to, do I hear the words Jesus Christ and Savior? That's what I'm looking for. Um, because, again, anyone can talk God, but you start talking Jesus, uh-oh, like, wait, what? Um, <clears throat> so, I, and I totally forgot what I was saying and where I'm going. You got to get me back on track. Just uh, we're just talking about how we navigate like corrupt officials and, and whether or not that negates uh, Jesus, Paul, and Peter's. Uh, oh sure, I don't think it negates it. They're still in authority. They're still in power, whether they're corrupt or not. They're they're still there. We're called to do that. Um, I think some things can change, but we're still called um, to submit to authority. Okay, it's just like I mean, you read in God's word. Let me let me let me get off politics for a minute. You read in God's word. How many parents are perfect? But children, obey and honor your father and mother. Sometimes they're broken and sinful, right? But we're still, it's still a, a very, that's a statement. That's a standard. That's God's way. And yet, I'm still going to honor my mom and dad, even though, hey, this is... Uh... Which, okay, so this, this is an interesting thing that you bring up. I mean, because prior to coming here, I think, I think we've talked about it on this podcast, right? You were a children's pastor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and I've had this conversation with, with, with students before. Okay. Um, but it's similar to 
right? You take a passage like honor your father and mother. Yeah. Right. What if your father and your mother tell you to do something that is wrong? Okay. Well, you know, that, you, that's, you know I was I mean? going to say outside you know. of like the sin part, like if they're telling us to sin, no type thing. There's a different, yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. That's that. But if there's not the sin, then you, you honor, they're broken. They're, they're just, they're not perfect. So, you know, last week we talked a little bit about this idea that that we and and we brought uh, David Platt's book before you vote, right there. Uh, again, man, I would encourage everybody to to check out some of these resources. Um, You're just gonna have to check them out really quick because the elections is yeah, two weeks fast, but, from but when we're recording the, the, this thing. The Mark Deaver book and the uh, David Platt book are both they're pretty short reads. Um, but, you know, we talked about this idea that he, he says in a representative democracy, we bear some of the responsibility for the decisions that are made. So I guess I would ask, just Ryan, whose role is it with our model of government? Whose role is it to hold the government accountable when they go off the rails? The people. The people. The nation. The people. So I guess, I guess the, the, the other part of that question, though, then is who, I think. who determines... When they go off the rails, okay, and and let's let's get super practical. No, you're let's, asking me tough questions. No, no, no. Man. But but because here's the, here's the thing, right? So, uh, for those that are listening, maybe you're listening to this like 30 years from now. You dug this up in some archive, right? We are be like those dumb bozos. We, they didn't know anything. <laughs> we're in Michigan, right? And and we're still not out of the woods with all the chaos that has been COVID 19. And here in Michigan, we have we have Governor Gretchen Whitmer, right? And there's been a lot of pushback from some people within our state that she has overextended her authority. Mm-hmm. You know, very early on in the COVID crisis, she uh, she kind of took emergency powers, which I'm, and this isn't a knock on her, but like as soon as that happened, I was like, dude, this is like Star Wars, right? Like we're electing. <laughs> Chancellor Palpatine, emergency powers. Look how that turned out. Uh, no, sorry. Like that's just <laughs> a Star Wars that's reference right. in politics. That's there right. you go. He's the emperor. Spoiler alert. Um, you can, dude. You can make a Star Wars reference in anything. But but you have people that say, oh, like she overextended her authority, and you have people uh, staging protests. You have people um, out trying to get other people to sign petitions to repeal her powers. Mm-hmm. You've got you know all these different you know, uh, things happening because some constituents have said, no, like she's gone off the rails. Who, who gets to choose that? Because then other people are like, no, she's totally within her authority. Uh, what what do we do? Yeah. I wrestle with that. I don't know. I was very fearful here in Michigan when everyone's like, did you go sign the petition? She's off. Is it because I had to check my heart? Are we signing this because we don't like like it? Or are we signing this because we literally think politically this is wrong or whatever, right? That she's going against, if you will, our government doctrine or what constitution and stuff, right? Is that really our heart? Or was our heart, we don't like what she's doing. I want my freedom back. I don't want to wear masks anymore. That type of thing. So I, I wrestled with that whole thing. I mean, I purposely, I'll, I'll admit, throw my color. I didn't sign anything because I'm like, I don't even know my own heart, guys. I, I'm fearful because I do think emotions can derail us. 
And I was very fearful too many of us were running on high emotions in the middle of a pandemic, whether we thought the the pandemic was real or not, or more media driven or not, whatever it is. I was very fearful that we're letting emotions get the best of us. And we weren't sitting back literally thinking, hey, is this something I dislike right now and it's inconvenient because it's inconvenient to all of us? Or is this literally an unconstitutional thing? And do we have proof that this is unconstitutional? And I, we had to wrestle with that. Um, and don't get me wrong. I'm not, if you sign the petitions, you, you sign the petitions. I, I, I just had to check my heart and have a heart wrestle to understand. And I didn't want emotions to get the best of Ryan if I was going to go do something. Well, emotions or, and this maybe gets a little bit into like our, the last installment that we'll do in the podcast series here. Um, about the game of red versus blue. But it seems that when you get a new administration, whether it's presidential or gubernatorial, uh, which that's just a fun word to say. It is. (laughs) It's so fun. That's why I avoid it because I will say it wrong. Gubernatorial. What is that word? (laughs) But, you know, but when there's a change of administration, it seems like, and this could just be my perception, uh, a lot of time and energy goes into undoing the things that the previous administration, if they were of the yeah. other party <laughs> that they did. Yeah. So I guess my, my, I would, I would be curious to look at of the people who signed these petitions, right? What percentage of them voted for governor Wimmer <laughs> and what percentage of them were people who voted against her in the last gubernatorial election? And, and are we making, so similar to the emotions, are we making decisions strictly based on party affiliation? Yeah. Well, um, especially in America today, uh, our parties are very polarizing. Um, I saw an interesting infograph that started, I forgot what year it was, but how closely aligned the parties actually were with a more, in, you know, we called those independents, that they really overlapped. They took a lot of Democratic um, values and a lot of Republican values, and it really overwrapped. And how over time they are just polarizing opposites now, and that's not healthy for this nation and for the people and the betterment of our neighbors. That's not healthy, and we wrestle with these things. It's it's muddy. So so it's Still it's don't have it's, answers. It's super polarized, right? Yeah. And and coming up here in the next couple of weeks, we have a presidential election. Yeah. Uh, Can I say real quick, I know you're going to ask this question real quick. I do think we as Christians and and anyone, who you vote for has consequences, right? Mm -hmm. So even though you vote one way or another, we do have ownership knowing I actually casted that vote and what that person does in office can have consequences because I did put that person in the office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But every election... Right. Roughly half the population doesn't get their candidate into office. <laughs> so half the population automatically is upset. Right. But I mean, yes. so what should our posture be towards authorities who are elected to office, but we didn't vote for them. You yeah, saw just, this. Yes. Okay. Go, go back to 2016 and probably 2012 and 2008. I'm moving to Canada. If President, right. if Trump gets elected, I'm moving. You know how many people moved? Pardon like, right. how many, honestly, uh, here's what it was. It was Hollywood that pushed that, and that was wrong. I'm going to say that right now. That's wrong. I don't know any of them, and correct me if I'm wrong. You guys can comment. 
any celebrity that actually moved. He's not my president. Yes, he is. He's the president of the United States of America. And if you're a citizen of the United States of America, he is your president. You don't have to like him. You didn't have to vote for him. He is your president. We got to stop saying they're not my president. That's <laughs> that's wrong. That's, it, it's childish is what it is. It is. <laughs> he is your president. There's nothing about it. The vote happened. That's what it is. If we don't like who's in office, let's pray for him. If, if we like him in office, we ought to be praying for him. We're still to submit to authority. And let's pray for him. Let's give him Jesus. Let's, let's pray that God would surround that president with godly people. But wait. But wait. What if, come November, Joe Biden is elected, but somebody voted for Trump or a third party? How should they respond, Ryan? How should they respond? Love, <laughs> love former pres Vice President Joe Biden. Love him. Pray for him. Don't flee. Like, <laughs> just please pray for them. Again, would you like a job where half of the people hate you? <laughs> like, that is a horrible position. Um, and would you ever want a job where you age so quickly? Is, like, have you nuts. ever seen those? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when they get elected and when they come out of office, oh, my goodness, they age so bad. Mm -hmm. The stress. I mean, trying to keep this entire nation safe and secure and what they think. And here's the thing that I, I, I'm softened. I, I'm, God's working on gentleness with me more and softening my heart. I truly believe that politicians, a lot of times, maybe not all time, but a lot of times, are really believing in their own heart that they believe this is the best for this nation. And I may strongly disagree with it. But I think they have that conviction and they're standing on their conviction. We have our faith convictions that we will certainly stand on. So I will say this, I can appreciate their conviction even though I do not like their conviction or I think it's anti-biblical conviction. But I, I think I have a little more grace understanding but I do think you're trying to what, in your own eyes, even though I think they're clouded, the betterment of the people. And I can at least say thank you for that, but I do think you're wrong, and here's why, and show you some evidence. And, yeah. Yeah. But wait, <laughs> what if President Trump is reelected? Then and I and I voted for Joe Biden or a third party. And pray for him. <laughs> and if President, really? if really? President Trump is reelected. <laughs> He's your president. <laughs> if President Biden's elected and you didn't vote for him, but he got elected, he's our president. This is the democracy that you and I live in in the United States of America. Okay. Even though there's no precedent of democracy in scripture, by the way, we don't see that, but it is what we have in America today. First Timothy 2, 1 through 2, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. So uh, we're supposed to pray for authorities. Uh, am I supposed to pray that the candidate I didn't vote for gets hit by a bus? Well, or is kidnapped well, by some wackadoo? Think about group that. Though. If that Rapids, happens, like, and the other party that you did not vote for is in the White House, if you're praying for evil things to happen to that president, just know their party is still in control because it goes to the vice president. Okay, just realize that their party is still in control. And then, if but if something. Um, horrific happens to so that person. It goes to what Senate Majority Leader or House Rep 
one of those two gets it at that point. What one is it? Speaker of the House gets it. Yeah, well, that may or may not be your party that you like or whatever. But (laughs) no, I I would say this. Mark, read that verse again. It it was marked by God. Marked. I, I forgot what you said. That's what I would be praying. That you, God, you would surround them with godly people. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Ooh, that, that part can be tough if we didn't vote for them. Give, give thanks. thanks for them. Oh, yeah. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and Marked dignity. by godliness. That's what I would actually pray, even though not knowing what that other party's stances on on their faith or what their faith is, that they would be marked by godliness and that God would surround them with godly people to help them make godly decisions for this for the nation that we we love. We love America. Like we here's what's great about America. We're sitting there doing freely doing this podcast. Like it, it's awesome. We have things that I think we take for granted for a lot. We we just gotta fall on our knees and pray for that other party. Pray for our enemies. Pray for those who persecute us. Jesus set that example. Let's do the same, even though the what we feel, the other parties in the White House that we did not vote for. Hey, I totally forgot to set a timer. I got it. I have the timer. We should wrap up. We're about 44 minutes in. Okay, because I've got, um, I don't, maybe we do like a little bonus, because I've got a couple of things I actually really, <laughs> I really want to get into. Uh, but let's let's wrap this one up. We'll bounce back. We'll, what? You're looking like something? Okay. I thought I heard a phone ring. Um, because I really want to get into civil disobedience. Okay. Um, and, okay. and chat about, do you want to do that in this episode or shall we, what um, is happening over here? No, let's do it in the next one real quick. Okay. We'll, do it, we'll, we'll throw it into the golden calf one. Okay. All right. Um, so, hey. <laughs> this hey, just remember, this episode was give to Caesar. We're all unpacking what is our, what should our posture as believers be towards government? And but, again, I know a lot of viewers, I think honestly what they're waiting for is for us to get into issues. We will get there. We'll get there. We will get there. We promise. Hang with us because I think in order to understand a lot of the issues, we've got to understand our posture and things towards government. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, we look at scripture, Jesus, Paul, Peter, uh, what Paul writes to Timothy, what we see in Jeremiah. There is this uh, submission type uh, posture that it seems that we are called to. However, <clears throat> there is also a recognition that God is the ultimate authority, not government. Um, we will start the next episode by talking a little bit about uh, what it looks like to engage in civil disobedience as a follower of Jesus. But this has been episode 38 of Radiant Reflections. Glad you could join us. Thanks for putting up with us as we continue this journey through faith and politics. Uh, again, my name is Josh Harima. This is Pastor Ryan Bibb. Uh, we would love it if you would like, share, subscribe, rate, review, uh, all that good stuff with this podcast. Share it on your social media. Uh, unless you uh, think that it sucks, then maybe don't. Or share it on your social media, but tell everybody, hey, there's this terrible podcast. You should listen to it to see how terrible it is. Uh, we, we'll, we'll take that. We'll take that. Uh, but other than that, we'll see you next time as we continue this conversation about God uh, and government and yeah, all that good stuff. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church.
www.thepeopleshop.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.